live from wherever you happen to be, it's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. And now, here's your host, curator of the hall, Jamie Dew. Oh, let those twinkles fall upon me. <laughs> I feel like I'm dancing in a field with a sparkler, maybe a daisy behind my ear when I hear those bells ring me in, like a hippie of days gone by. But uh, alas, here I am, stuck in 2022, you know, with you. So that's a good thing. My name is Jamie. Welcome to the SNL Hall of Fame. Please, as every week, I remind you, wipe your feet before you come inside to this hallowed inner sanctum of New York City's finest sketch comedy broadcast on NBC. That's too many qualifiers, isn't it? What we do here on the SNL Hall of Fame podcast is I get together with a guest and they bring along a candidate in one of four categories, cast member, host, musical guest, and writer. I consider these pillars the four pillars that make the show what we see. Now, there are, of course, technical aspects as well and we will get into those technical aspects at some point in the snl hall of fame but for now we're dealing with those four categories the guest then builds a case for why that candidate belongs in the snl hall of fame and in doing so adds them to the ballot Thus far, the ballot has 20 names on it. After this week, it will have 21, as I am welcoming my friend Justin Renwick back to the show, and he is going to regale us with stories of long time, the longest time, SNL writer, James or Jim Downey, depending on how close you are with him, I suppose. I'll call him James, just to be safe. Does James Downey belong in the SNL Hall of Fame? I think absolutely. He has a long track record that we'll get into. He's written some fabulous sketches that you'll hear. And uh, he was Norm McDonald's right-hand man, or Norm was his right-hand man, depending on how you tell the story, on Weekend Update. So I've also included uh, you know, uh, an interstitial bit of some of the greatest norm jokes from weekend update whether or not i can attribute them all to james downey uh, i can't but it was a good excuse to throw in some norm jokes i'm sure there's some james downey content there and if you hear it let me know jamie at snlhof.com i would love to hear from you so with that let's get right to the episode this is justin renwick talking about james downey on the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Check it out.
I needed to take the bus, but all I had was a $5 bill. I went to First Citywide, and they were able to give me four singles and four quarters. We will work with the customer to give that customer the change that he or she needs. If you come to us with a $20 bill, we can give you two tens. We can give you four fives. We can give you a 10 and two fives. We will work with you. I went to my first citywide branch to change a 50. I guess I was in kind of a hurry. I asked for a 20, a 10, and two fives. Well, their computers picked up my mistake right away, and I got the correct change. We've been in this business a long time. With our experience, we're going to have ideas for change combinations that probably haven't occurred to you. If you have a $50 bill, we can give you 50 singles. We can give you 49 singles and 10 dimes. We can give you 25 twos. Come talk to us. We are not going to give you change that you don't want. If you come to us with a $100 bill, we're not going to give you 2,000 nickels, unless that meets your particular change needs. We will give you the change equal to the amount of money that you want change for. That's what we do. How do you start a podcast about James Downey? Well, I got to say, like, just looking at the overview of his credentials, I don't want to, you know, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Not be the bee in my own bonnet, but the, uh, oh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think this is this was a pretty good pick for most influential, maybe. Um, one of the most important writers ever at the show. Uh, he's like the Ken Jennings of uh, Saturday Night Live. The guy was there for 30 seasons. <laughs> and what was it? The first... Um, He's appeared in over 40 sketches and he worked on 27 of the show's first 32 seasons. Like if that's God, not, if that's yeah. If that's not setting the tone or making a mark, then I don't know what is. Yeah, no, you're, you're certainly right. So let's break this down. I guess we'll start at the start. He is one of the first writers hired. Is he not? He was hired in the second season. Okay. I think oh. Chevy Chevy Chase was the first writer they hired, and then I think it was Franken and Davis after that. But anyway, I I mentioned those three. I think it ties in nicely because they were all sort of news junkies and and very politically minded, and I think they were kind of setting the tone for politics on the show early. And then when James Downey came in, he sort of Chevy had left by then, so he and Franken and Davis, and they they wrote together frequently, apparently kind of kept that going the you know making fun of the president which it has to be remembered like the smothers brothers had been thrown off tv six years previously for doing that like nixon was was watching them uh lbj was like personally insulted by some of the stuff the smothers brothers did so this was still relatively new ground that they were breaking and they they did it very well i think uh I mean, to the to the point that even Gerald Ford kind of joined in, <laughs> right? When he would, he, you know, he he did a few uh, openings and 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 pre tape things, especially when his press secretary uh, Ron Nesson hosted, which I think was the first season. But it was towards the end of the first season. But anyway, um, yeah, like it's it's like I said, it's really hard to to underestimate 
how important James Downey was to Saturday. Or yeah, yeah, was because the show's still on the air. He's just not on it anymore. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah. he's still the second most tenured. I feel like he's still the second most tenured person behind Lorne at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was Dennis Miller who said he was probably the most most important person in Saturday Night Live's history behind Lorne. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. So not only most tenured, but most important coming from, mm-hmm. uh, coming from Cha-Cha himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let's talk about his, uh, credentials, you know, leading up to his hiring. He had written for the Harvard Lampoon. The Harvard Lampoon. Yeah. And apparently and he's been the, the first writer. I believe. Yep. Yep, he was the first writer from the Harvard Lampoon that was hired for the show. Everyone else, like Michael O'Donohue, Chevy Chase, John Belushi, and others, Gilda, had worked for the National Lampoon uh, Radio Hour and uh, worked for the magazine National Lampoon as well, but none of them had uh, had any connection to Harvard. And that's another first that uh, James Downey had was being, yeah, I mean, I don't believe in first, but some things are just accepted. So if we go with that, um, you know, if we, if we not suspend disbelief, but just go with that um, assumption that he is the first uh, Harvard graduate to go into TV writing, specifically comedy, you know, five, six years later, uh, when Cheers was on the air, you know, they were hiring Harvard grads left, right and center. And then you had guys like Conan O'Brien. And since then, um, I mean, it's not, a, I think Colin Jost is, went to Harvard as well, or am I wrong? Yep. No, I'm pretty sure yeah. you're right. Seth Myers, I'm not sure. But anyway, the point is, you know, before that, it was Borscht Belt comedians and, you know, wise guys and things like that that were writing for TV comedy. It's comedians. And uh, you got a much more literate sense going into uh, the early 80s, and the groundwork was laid by guys like James Downey. Damn. That's mm-hmm. uh that's some pretty some pretty high praise. You got to have some strong shoulders to hold uh to hold up that uh that reputation. Yeah, really, right? Mm-hmm. So what what marks do you think he made in that early tenure on SNL? It's difficult to say. Early on, I'm sure I know that everyone I don't know personally, but just from what I hear people saying, I know everybody sort of has, uh, some people have trouble finding their feet at the show. I don't know too much about his experience uh, going in. I know he and Bill Murray arrived uh, allegedly on the same day and shared an office together, but it seems pretty quickly um, Downey started forming alliances with uh, Franken and Davis and apparently did a lot of writing with Dan Aykroyd as well. And it was still kind of a bare bones writing staff back then. So I guess it was easier to get your pieces on the air just because you only had so many people doing it. They have a much larger writing staff now, but back in the second season, I don't, I don't think they'd won any Emmys yet. I think it was the January of 77 that they swept them up at the Emmys and NBC started paying more attention to the show and increased the budget. So yeah, I, I can't really point to any specific examples of uh, things that he wrote in the early days, but I think Alan's Y. Bell was still 
he was he was still writing the uh, the sort of one liners for um, Weekend Update. I'm not sure when James Downey started writing for Update. I, I have to admit, but as we both know, when he had left the show and then came back and into the '90s, uh, that was his domain basically. Especially he and That's Norm right. Macdonald were like were with a pair that that wrote everything, kind of like Seth Meyers and Alex Bays a few years ago. And now you have Colin Jost and Michael Shea. The, the, the lapse there, you said 27 of the first 32 seasons, I believe. And yep. this leads us up to that. This is, you know, Lauren leaves and takes basically everybody with him. Yeah, pretty much what everybody this? left either in solidarity or just they were burned out after those, uh, those incredible exactly. five years. So, yeah, he... Uh, went on to be the head writer for Late Night with David Letterman, which started bad, about a year. Not a bad gig. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure at the time it was kind of like, oh, somebody's career is going down the toilet because, you know, who's this Letterman guy? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it was the right move. And then he came back uh, the year before Lauren returned. Dick Ebersol's last season in 84-85. Uh, and he had a really good cast to work with. That was the year... Um, Dick sort of stacked the team with a lot of veterans like Martin Short, right. Billy Crystal, Christopher Guest. He pulled a Steinbrenner. Yep. Yeah, exactly. He, he wanted that, that last championship big... season before he That's sailed right. off into the sunset with Susan St. James. So hold hold up here, because didn't he also write for and appear on the new show? I believe he did. I haven't seen the new show since no, me, I've it never aired. Seen I've never but seen it. I'm... I'm pretty sure he was on it. Yeah, I used to watch it every Friday. It wasn't quite as good as the old Saturday Night Live, but it was still pretty good. But I was I was all about SCTV at the time. Yeah. However, um, I don't have that information here, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wrote for the new show. Being part of like, he's definitely part of Lauren's brain trust. You don't spend all those years at Saturday Night Live and not be. That's right. And that's, and that's sort of where I'm going with it. He ends up finding his way back to SNL pre-Lauren. And then, did. and then joins up with Lauren again in 86, yep. uh, uh, 86, 85, 85, 86. It was the 85, right. 86 season with that's uh, right. So 85, his, his, uh, Steinbrenner team. Cause he brought in, um, Randy Quaid. Although that's right. <laughs> we didn't know what was going to happen with him in the future. <laughs> oh, no. uh, Joan Cusack, Damon Wayans. And Robert Downey Jr., who, if Wikipedia is to be believed, uh, his father, Robert Downey Sr., is James Downey's half-brother. Oh, so this is uh, half So it's his, you know, step-nephew, I guess? <laughs> half-nephew? I don't, I don't know. That's, of course, if, if Wikipedia is to be believed. I, uh, I, I did not come up with that fact on my own, full, full disclosure. You, you didn't uh, subscribe to... Um... To, uh, the Downey, to Downey Monthly. No. <laughs> to Downey Monthly or one of those weird uh, um, lineage software programs, mm. you know, where you can just look up people's yep. family trees. 23 and me. 23 and you can, me. Yeah. You can volunteer people for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we're in his second, we're in his second run at the show. He's a head writer. Yeah. Um, the golden run. And everyone's everyone's golden run is whatever whoever the cast was when they were teenagers. That's right. 
So yeah. for me, it was Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, Absolutely. Kevin Nealon, Dana Carvey, that that cast from uh, you know '86 to uh, about '92. Yeah, and then it but was not not to with- say I love the other cast as well. I'm not one of those people, but I do recognize my biases. Yeah. Well, that was a really cool, I was just listening to the, uh, Dana Carvey and, uh, and, uh, uh, David Spade, uh, podcasts, uh, earlier. Oh, wow. I didn't know about that. Yeah. It's an S it's an L SNL based podcast. Um, and they bring on guests and writers and, you know, stuff like that. And it's, please send me a link for that later. I will do that. It sounds really cool. And so, he um, was talking about how they introduced the junior varsity, you know, like this idea of the junior varsity in 92, all of a sudden you had Farley and Spade mm. and Schneider and rock and Chris, Chris rock. Yeah. And uh, the, the fifth one who was alluding me, Adam Sandler, who was uh, Adam yep. Sandler would be the fifth it's one. Just a baby who, you know, like they were just sort of like waiting in the bush, just mm-hmm. waiting to, to, you know, take over and dominate. And, um, you know, it was kind of a, a smoothish transition other than it became very bro, you know, it became yeah. very bro. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. And it's uh, kind of funny right. how they all, yeah, it's kind of funny how they all sort of crashed and burned and were all fired in, uh, after the 94, 95 season, but all went on to do great things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't I really don't know what to say about that, but it's it was no. very strange. But it was definitely time for them to go, I think, because that right. ushered in the Will, the Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry, yep, you know Norm, Norm Macdonald era. So, if you are um, in the Hall of Fame and you walk up to James Downey's plaque, uh, and there is some sort of video playing device below that plaque playing video, what is it playing for James Downey? I think any of Norm Macdonald's newscasts, even though Norm, you know, obviously had a hand in writing a lot of his jokes, whether they worked or not, he didn't care. But anything that was overtly political and skewered either side of the the aisle, whether Democrat or Republican, has James Downey's fingerprints all over it. Potential jurors for the O.J. Simpson case were asked to fill out a 75-page jury questionnaire this week. In the entire state of California, only one person got a perfect score. Chow Ming Wu, who after the trial, plans to attend Caltech. Four Pittsburgh children were found in a house strewn with garbage and human waste after they'd been abandoned by their parents for two weeks. The couple was charged with child endangerment, but to their credit, they did bring the children's a present. A a t-shirt that reads, my parents left me for two weeks in a house full of human waste and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Tourism in India has taken a dramatic drop recently. The State of Bureau of Tourism has two theories. One, airfares have gone up slightly in the past year, causing a decrease in travel worldwide. And two, the plague. <laughs> O.J. Simpson's new fitness video was released this week, and hitting the shelves next week, Simpson's newest video, Dorf on Stocking. <laughs> Uh-huh. The crowd is torn. 
In New York this week, Sammy the Bull Gravano was sentenced to just five years in prison for committing 19 murders. You better be careful, though, because New York has just passed a tough new law. 20 strikes and you're out. <laughs> a comet hit the planet Jupiter last July, and scientists now say the dark scars have almost completely disappeared. But the emotional scars will be there for a long, long time. Ford this week recalled two models of cars, saying that they might explode during refueling. At Ford, quality is job one. And job two, making your car explode. <laughs> What's it like to lose $35 million? Just ask Dale Sturdivant of Honesdale, Pennsylvania. That's how much he lost this week at a local convenience store when he failed to guess any of the six winning numbers in the state's pick six lottery. When reached for comment by Weekend Update, Sturdivant replied, Why are you making such a big deal out of this? I bought a $3 lotto ticket, it didn't win. Why can't you leave me alone? <laughs> Christy Brinkley told reporters this week that her marriage to Billy Joel was over long before their divorce. The key moment, she said, came when she realized that she was Christy Brinkley and that she was married to Billy Joel. <laughs> The Food and Drug Administration announced today that while one ounce of Special K with four ounces of milk is a good dietary source of protein, one ounce of Special K with five ounces of milk is deadly poison. Seventy <laughs> percent of diners polled this week said there should be no smoking in restaurants. And eighty percent of diners said that restaurants should give away their food for free. This week, Disney released a new CD featuring a rapping Mickey Mouse. To avoid controversy, the CD will not include the controversial hit single, Cat Killer. <laughs> and in a related story, this week marked the 5,000th performance of the Broadway musical Cats. It also marked the 5,000th time a guy turned to his wife and said, What the hell is this? <laughs> Fashion designer Giorgio Armani confessed last week to bribing Italian tax officials. He was sentenced to, he was sentenced to six months of wearing brown shoes with a blue suit. <laughs> well, David Hasselhoff is a huge star in Germany, where his series Baywatch celebrated its 100th straight week as the nation's top TV show. Which once again proves my old theory, Germans love David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Visitors to New York's Times Square this winter are in for a bit of a surprise. Crazy people will be shooting at them. <laughs> and finally, John Wayne Bobbitt is going to be an adult film star. He has been signed to play himself in the John Wayne Bobbitt story. The part of his severed penis will be portrayed by Polly Shore. <laughs> And that's all for now. Good night and good luck. It's nice. Any any other sketches or signature moments you can think Again, of? Uh, like I'm the only. It's the thing that's been going through my head is the first time I ever saw him on Saturday Night Live. I didn't know who he was.
I don't know if this was the first sketch he ever appeared in. Apparently he appeared in over, I think I mentioned this earlier, over 40 over his time at the show, just in little bit parts. Um, some of oh. them film bits as well. But the first live sketch I remember seeing him in was the Sissy Spacek show in the second season. It was a commercial for, um, a live commercial for uh, Burger Master, which was sort of sending up Burger King at the time, which <gasps> the thing that set them apart was you could put whatever you wanted on your burger as opposed to somewhere like McDonald's. And then it just kind of got ridiculous where he had Garrett Morris blowing his nose on the bun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but for like signature sketches other than Weekend Update, I'm, I have to, again, I have to plead ignorance here. I'm not really sure um, what which ones he wrote. Yeah, it's tough. It's so tough. And mm -hmm. we have access to all that stuff now. Uh, it's so wonderful that we get access to it. Mm -hmm. But um, it makes it much more difficult for these, you know, these older Hall of Famers or potential Hall of Famers mm -hmm. to, to, to get, you know, somebody who's comfortable enough that wants to nominate them. You know, and I'm glad you do feel comfortable enough. Uh, because, you know, it's always interesting to just talk SNL with you. Yeah. I, and something I have to say, I, uh, I feel bad because my Saturday night live book, the backstage history by Jeff Weingrad and Doug Hill, I don't have it here. I lend it to my father and I'm wondering if there's uh, I don't remember if there were any specific, this is a James Downey sketch, but yeah. My first memory of him is is in the first national change bank. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's him. That, 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 that runner, it was a, it yeah. was two, two commercials uh, on one episode and it was just spectacular. All we do is give change. That's right. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that change is a two way street. You can come to us with 16 quarters, eight dimes and four nickels. We can give you a $5 bill. We can give you five singles or two singles, eight quarters and 10 dimes. You'd be amazed at the variety of options you have. I was driving through Pennsylvania on the tollway, and to save time, I was using the exact change lanes. I had just run out of quarters, and I was getting a bit nervous when I spotted a sign for a citywide branch at the next exit. Let me tell you, it's a pretty good feeling. I have had people come in with wrinkled $10 bills who want new crisp bills to put in birthday cards. And we can handle special requests like that, usually the same day. I just returned from a business trip to London, and all the cash I had was a five-pound note. Citywide wasn't able to convert it to dollars, but they did give me four guineas, two crowns, four shillings, and ten pence. All the time our customers ask us, how do you make money doing this? The answer is simple. Volume. That's what we do. If you had to put it in a nutshell, why does he belong in the SNL Hall of Fame? Because I think the, as I said, the political discourse or the way politicians are framed and treated on the show, those, those openers with, you know, the presidential primaries, let's just take that for an example. Those wouldn't be what they are without James Downey and his, uh, his years of work there. That's become a, an institution. I mean, they've been doing those since um, since the 70s, really. But the ones I remember really clearly were in the 80s with um, when it was like John Sununu. No, sorry, not John Sununu. Um, Michael Dukakis. Michael Dukakis. Uh, George, Bush, right. George Bush Sr. I'm losing to this guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent James Downey. Oh, that's and it's still, you know, it's still something they rely on now. Well, the midterms are coming up, so you're gonna see even more of it. I mean, he's not there anymore, but that work will continue. And I think that's as long as the show is gonna be on the air, that's gonna be something they're gonna lean on because it's always funny. You always get laughs. It's fun now, especially when they bring back like Maya Rudolph or um Rachel Dratch or you know, people from before that to to get them to do uh like that kind of stunt casting. Right. To get them to do the 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 candidates now or when they had even when they had Jim Carrey doing Biden before the amazing James Austin Johnson showed up. You loving them? Oh. He's my f- You know what? I love all of them. Like Sarah Sherman's great. Punky Johnson was there last year, but she's amazing. Yeah. Uh Bowen Yang, like where do you even start with him? The guy's incredible. But something I will bring up about James Downey. Um, he's a really interesting dude. Apparently he graduated from Harvard with a degree in Russian. Russian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A- as you do. Yeah. I thought that was far out. And he also wrote, I think he's written more than one book, but he left the show in 2005 briefly and then came back to write a book called Indian Takeaway Offshore Outsourcing for Small to Medium-Sized Enterprises. Who does that? What comedy writer does that? Not, yeah. Right? Martin and Lewis, did they do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just picking a couple names at random there, because apparently they're, they're known for their writing. Um, and also... I mean, there's no shortage of Emmy winners, but it says something when you're you're an Emmy winner for three decades in a row. He won yeah. one in 79. He won one in 89. Missed the 90s, so I misspoke. But 2002 also, he won an Emmy for for writing in a primetime uh, series. Wow. To That's win, not nothing. To win three you and need, You need an Emmy shelf at that point. That's That's absolutely... <laughs> And that's how we play the game here at the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. We have a guest come on. They open their hearts and they pour love all over their candidates. And that's just what Justin did there. I love the idea of an Emmy shelf. That's a great bit. So what do you think? Has your mind been swayed? Have you already changed your mind on the way you were going to vote? Or is it pretty much where you left it? Let's um, reconvene in April and find out what you think. April 25th, voting will open for the SNL Hall of Fame. And it will be up to you to determine the first class. It's a responsibility you should not take lightly. I want to thank Justin Renwick so much for popping in once again and, you know, opening his brain up, his mighty, mighty SNL brain and, you know, letting us know the scoop, giving us the skinny. I think he did a great job. So thanks for that, Justin. With that, I'm going to bid you adieu. 
ask that you please turn out the lights on the way past because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. You can find everything you need to know about the show at snlhof.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. This is Doug Dinant saying, this is Doug Dinant saying, see you next month in the hall. and such.